the Journal of Telus Handreg, Episode 11, Entries 46 through 49. Next! You may enter now. Who is it that presents themselves before the council? This is I, Zibel Tawar, High Priestess in the Cornish Temple of Paul. And you understand our problem? I do. Then what is our problem, High Priestess Tuar? Something within the keep stirs. The table forgotten bears a feast. Many who would eat come to Istiak. You speak in prose. How charming. And what solution do you present to us, Priestess Tuar? There was a talent, some queen possess. One that might ward against trespass. But the cost, oh, the cost is great. The cost is great indeed. Speak more of this talent, priestess. Imagine a sentry undomitable, a god that draws foes like moths to a flame, a god that dispatches them without fire. This god loathes as others sleep. This god, some queen can become. This god. Through the will of call, the divine light of our word, praise his glorious name. I can become. Oh, but the cost, the cost is to be queen no longer. And what compensation would you seek for this service? You are familiar with the temple of call. Yes, Counselor? We are. What do you ask? Without the riddles, if you would. I will speak bluntly then. The temple seeks expansion. The temple seeks immunity to the laws of Yistiak. We seek not insurrection, Counselor. Only we wish to worship in peace and with our hearts focused solely on call. Immunity. And you would do nothing that puts our budding city at risk? At risk? Counselor, we couldn't hate the three just as you do. More even, perhaps. We couldn't want his stack to prosper, to grow. To become itself a fortress in suppressing their reach. Allow us to aid that good counselor. Allow us the freedom and space to do so. A moment, please. We have little choice. All else is failed. If a damned god couldn't put an end to it, how could a damned queen? I say yes. I say yes as well. I say no. Immunity, no. Two to one, it passes. It's a mistake, I tell you. We believe you. 
We understand fully the grudge your kind holds against the three. We know that Quinnish tradition abhors lectomancy and see the role of the Quinn in spreading reformation as significant. We will grant what you ask, High Priestess Tuar, and we thank you for your sacrifice. It is we of the temple who owe thanks, Counselor. It is I who owe thanks. Martyrdom is the greatest service one can enact in the name of call. Praise the great sun, Counselor. Blessed be known to bask in call for life. Praise him in song. Praise him in dance. <laughs> Priestess Tua, Priestess Tua, enough! I told you this is how Get her out of here! Three forty-one, sixteen twenty. I awakened an old city. Covered in gore and with a swollen, itching wound at the center of my head. The day torches were being lit, and a group of fat little Quinn were dismembering something behind me. When I rose, they shrieked and fled, leaving behind them a stack of appendages wrapped in a cloth bearing the sign of call. I stumbled back to my dwelling in a daze my head pounding thunderously. On entering the room, I found that again I suffered an intrusion. The culprit this time had left a pitcher of blue liquid and a note that said drink. I did, and the days lifted, though the headache still remains. It was then that I noticed the parchment I had been gripping. Directions to follow a symbol and a warning to read some book. 341-1620 The folktale book. I had forgotten it completely. Only now does the peril I set myself into last night truly register. There is a thing here, the Marion Tour of Quinnish legend. It feeds at night, charming its prey with the dance of a siren, drinking them dry through the head. Surely this is the source of my new wound, which weeps profusely even now. Surely again, that is what the Quins were butchering. But how was the beast overcome? There are other tales of Vistiac. The Gorthano, a benign and mindless thing that tunnels the bowels of our world without end. Gruksa, the stone-eater, punished for consuming the mythological third son. A deathless battalion that drains the intentions of any who happen upon it. 
An old god, Isil, anchored to this plane by her tangled hair. More. Many, many more. I've been operating on assumption that the danger was in the form of the peoples of Vistiak themselves. But know now that greater threats lurk within the confines of this city. Three forty two sixteen twenty. When I review these passages, they seem imbued with a quality of fiction. They serve as a map for what I've done and what I should do next, but inspire no imagery or recollection for nuances unwritten. There are too many moving parts. Do I know someone? Whose mark am I to follow? Why am I being offered help? The scant hints point to a Jesse who I appear to have traveled with at some point, and who seems to be the barmaid I've been paying over the past days. When the tavern downstairs opened for business, I eagerly rushed in to approach her. The place had an air of chaos, and several would-be drinkers there to stave off the pains of withdrawal sat untended and irate. She was not present. I waited for the remainder of the day, and still she did not arrive. When it became clear that the tavern had no overseer, its patrons took to serving themselves. And so no one paid notice when I began to rifle through the register. There were debt receipts written in ink, exactly what I was hoping to find. I returned to my room and found that many of them matched the writing on both the note I had been holding and the sign on the picture. The matching script was on receipts from within the time frame that my barmaid friend was on duty. I spent the remainder of the night evading sleep. It seems as though unconsciousness is a catalyst for forgetting, and I dare not risk losing remembrance again. 3.42.16.20 A path has been laid, presumably, for months now. It was hard to notice at first. A scrawl in powdery blue talc, not larger than the palm of my hand, and most often badly faded. On the base of a street lantern, on the arch of a door, Dozens of them, becoming less faded as I progressed, and always written in a way so that the tail of the symbol curved to tell which direction the next could be found in. These symbols revealed a series of entryways I could never have discovered on my own. In sixteen hours of walking, I crossed far, far more of the city than I had during any previous attempt. The force in my head, which stirs so constantly here, became focused, almost pleasant over time.
The towering ramshackle walls of the city began to grow less sizable as I neared its center. Why did the damn girl have to disappear? She'd given me a path. Why not lead me? It's maddening to have to retreat at dusk, only to begin my trek anew on the morrow. But I know what things rule the night here. I know what things rule the night. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Journal of Talis Handrig. Written, narrated, and orchestrated by Owen Ambrose. Based on the board game Relics of the Keep by Damian Providenti and Owen Ambrose. For more information on Relics of the Keep, visit www.relicsofthekeep.com.